0: Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put
1: your hands together. Put your hands together. What's your
2: up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UTV. Please shut up your cell phone. Please put your hands together for your, so your host, Cameron Escozito. <laughs> put your hands
3: together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
4: Oh, guys, a little bit more for me, I think, actually. I think about it. So good to see you. I'm Cameron Esposito. Welcome to the UCB uh, Theater. I don't know why, for some reason. We'll try it again. <laughs> Welcome to the UCB Theater on a Tuesday night. You guys all look great. You're wearing your workout outfits. I like that. You ran right over here. Yeah. What's What's up with How are you guys? What's going on with your uh, your track your track jackets? You little, uh, you're just on a You're on a team. you You did a work promotion today. No. You, promote, you got promoted at work, so you went home, put on your workout outfit, and came straight to the UCB Theater. I like everything that you're uh, doing, sir. So what your, what's your job? Uh, we're underwriters. You're underwriters, and now are you overwriters? Hello, okay. Not a bad one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm not saying that it was perfect, but it was okay. Um, you're underwriters. Does that mean you give money to things? What does that mean? Are you literally writers but underneath other writers? Like in a physical way? We're sat on all day long. Yeah. That's a tough job. Some people call that chairs. I'm nailing the shit out of this already. Just nailing it. Uh, congratulations. What was your job before? Like what was, give me the full job title. Uh, we were assistant secretaries. You were assistant secretaries. <laughs> And now you are underwriters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Look at these guys moving up in the world of that, might have assistant secretaries. But look at, you do, well no, also, here's what I want to say about you guys. You went from assistant secretary right through secretary to a fake job. (laughs) So clearly you're very talented. Because that's not even... They just created a new... You're president of what? Of your desk. You're now president of your desk. Keep doing what you're doing. Those secretaries must have been pissed. We were next in line for underwriting, you know? It's very House of Cards. Okay. Who's watching it? It's a very topical joke. I finished it today. I, it's, uh, it was a real quick journey. So... Um, all right. Well, that's well. Thank you for coming to the show, and welcome to those people who want—they won their uh, jobs today. They've, they've uh, completed their businesses, and we're happy that they're here and they have their best clothes on. We're happy about that. It's nice to see them. You know what's happening this week, and I'm—I'm uh, I'm pretty uh, riled up about it. Is uh, the Pope is resigning uh, in two days on uh, on February 28th? That is, yeah, week, sure, whatever. I mean, however you feel about it. Uh, there's a couple claps. <laughs> You guys are pretty pro the current pope, huh? So you're like, oh, don't uh, joke about that, Cameron. We're at a hip underground theater. We're clearly Catholics. Pretty devout Catholics. First time in six in six hundred years that that's happening. Uh, Dan St Germain was on the show recently. He was talking about it a little bit because he was on the show the day that it was announced. I was I was raised Catholic, and um, I also I went to like I went to Catholic uh, grammar school and high school and college, and I just like was on a little bit of a trajectory. I guess I was thinking today about um, about uh, why this is upsetting me so much. Like why I even still care about this guy? Because I'm I'm an atheist, and I also think that the Catholic Church. Well, I think it's a terrible organization because they could do so much. Okay, yeah, that was a little more popular. So you were just you didn't I didn't go far enough because when I said Pope resigns, you guys were like she still cares about the Pope, and then now I was like fuck that guy, and you were like literally, and I was like no, I, that's he's old. Um... Yeah, well I, I I mean I think it's a terrible organization. Uh, because they could do so much good. They're so, they're so wealthy. They own so much land. They have so much influence in so many parts of the world. And then they choose to uh, to to parcel out lies, uh, lying to yourself. I think that's specifically what they peddle in, uh, lying to yourself. Um, for instance, like that's a church. That's a that's a, a, a teaching body that believes that like AIDS may or may not be prevented by condoms. Like, you, it, we can't. There's no way to know. Which is a lie that you can tell yourself right before not using a condom, right? Like it's a, you just have faith. Like that's what, you're supposed to have faith. But faith is lie, like faith is, you're supposed to also, like it's a lie uh, that anybody, anybody uh, could have like a completely fulfilled life when they are celibate and they spend their time only with other celibate people. Sexuality is a normal and uh, very important part of our human condition, and to, so to just be like, no, 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 you guys are all eating food, but us, we're not. Like, something terrible is going to happen. That's the root of cannibalism. Don't you remember what happened the Donner Party? That's what priests are. They're like, we have to
3: do something.
4: And women are a vessel. I, I, uh, what could I possibly be a vessel for? I'm not a vessel. I am a ship with my own mast. (laughs) And it is strong. But I think the biggest one is, uh, I think, you know, growing up as a gay person, I really didn't, I didn't, I lied to myself for so long because I didn't think that that was a thing that you could be. I mean, I spent 20 years of my life just being like, everybody feels this way. Everybody like really wants to, and they, like, they just want to hang out with their friends. Just really want to hang out with their friends and they have boyfriends, but they don't care about them. <laughs> I went to this Catholic university uh, where it was very hip and cool to be like social-minded, like socially aware, to be like, progr- like, it was, there was, we even had a word for it, it was social justicey. It was cool to be social justice Like if you, like the cooler you were, like the more safety pins were holding together your like Jansport backpack that was filled with like flyers about fair trade whatever, you know? Just like, but it's a very expensive university. So like one of the hippest things to do while you were there was to go during spring break and like spend time in solidarity with the poor. You know, just like really look into their eyes and then go back to the Catholic university that your parents were paying for. It's like, it was really nice of us, you know what I mean? Like, because we could have done anything, you know? It was like, shots for all of these poor people! You know, it was like that. (laughs) Like, what an insult. I mean, we weren't weren't engineers. We didn't have skills. We just went down to different uh, countries and just were like, guys, honestly, it's like, we... Just relating to you, I think, is pretty much enough for you. (laughs) I went to inner-city Kingston, Jamaica... And, uh, well, at this time in my life, I was also dating uh, two different men uh, <laughs> casually. I was dating this one tall drink of water, real skinny, in great shape, a lot of, lot of running shorts and running around campus. He was a, you guys ever met uh, somebody who would be more relaxed on, on cocaine? Like, you're like, I think that would be a step down. It was just like, life was his keg stand and nobody had to hold his feet. Like, he was crazy. <laughs> He was always having a party with himself and you. I was dating that dude, then I was also dating like this, the most relaxed dude on campus, like a super relaxed, chill guy. Um, he had like a long, he had like a beard and long hair and he, and he used to wear like a white sheet and like a rope belt to parties. <laughs> but facially, he looked like Elvis Presley. He looked like Jesus slash Elvis, the king of kings. <laughs> So I was dating those two gentlemen and I went down to Kingston, Jamaica and we spent this one day, this group of people that I went with my, with my college, we went down and we spent one day in like a shanty town where it was just like, there were just like rivers of mountain dew and people were f- fishing for like terrible, like just like, oh, we caught, like there's a goat next to a, like a corrugated tin roof restaurant that was just like, today's special goat, and it was just like pointing to the goat that's like, <laughs> hello, I'm s- <laughs> It was legit, is my point. Um, and the day I got back from that trip to Jamaica, I realized I had met this this woman that was from my university as well. We, like, really hit it off. I didn't know this at the time, but she was just my type. Anyway, we got back to campus, and we split a bottle of Yellowtail, the big kind, and uh, we were just hanging out, talking to each other. She said something really sexy, like, probably about poverty or whatever, like, just, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, and I just leaned in. And I kissed her, and I will tell you, in that one moment, it was as if, like, I was the guy in Memento looking down and just realizing what my tattoos meant. It was like I was uh, Joaquin Phoenix just, like, swinging away. Like, it was a one-move Rubik's Cube solve to my little gay body. Because I just looked back at my entire life like, Oh. Got it. This is it. Got it. 'Cause it was like electric and perfect and I remember thinking like, well, this is it, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with this one. This is perfect. And I went to bed that night just feeling like, oh, finally, like something that makes sense. And then I woke up the next morning and I and I wanted to call her and just say, like, let's do you know, like let's, let's make it happen. Um, but first that I was like, I feel you know, I feel different, I feel adult, and I also feel uh itchy <laughs> in my face. And I and I reached up and I touched my I had a perfect what I didn't know at the time is I had I had contracted facial ringworm. It's a fungus, and it grows in a perfect circle wherever it grows. It was on my face. I'll tell you, if you want to mess with like a really Catholic kid the day after she's kissed a woman for the first time, make sure she's seen the movie The Exorcist and then have her wake up with a, with a perfect circle, her own body rejecting itself in an O, probably for ovaries. You know, I, I had to call, uh, I had to cl- actually call three people. It was very contagious. I had to call those two gentlemen I was dating. I had, I had to call that, that woman. I had to say, hey, you know, you might have a uh, ringworm, but, you know, uh, cheers. Um, it's okay though, there is a happy ending to that story. That, that girl, she ended up being my first girlfriend. We dated for three and a half years. It was, it was a really great relationship. And those guys, I only dated them for like another year and a half. So, <laughs> figured it right out. <laughs> You guys, you've been an amazing audience so far, and you have no idea how great this show is going to be. Our first performer—he isn't from New York. We're so happy he's here. Let's hear right now from Mr. Mike Kaplan, guys. Give it up for Mike.
2: Thank you, thank you, everybody. I got that. I got that curtain open real quick, in case anybody asks. This is also being recorded for a podcast. So if they're listening, real quick curtain job. If they're listening, they're listening. I mean, they're not right now listening. It's only if I decide after this set, however well it goes, that they get to listen. But if they're listening, then they're listening. So far, they're not listening. (laughs) Folks, a thing I've never said to people, but only say because Paula Tompkins is here. (laughs) What is a folk? Is it a person? Is it a parent? My
3: folks.
2: (laughs) If it was, you don't say it about your kids, oh, I just, my wife just spat out a folk. (laughs) How did she have the folk? Natural or cesarean folk style? <laughs> what did she listen to while it was happening? Folk music? That's... Yep. What would that mean? The music of folks. Is that not all music then? <laughs> I love punk folk music, you know? My grandmother enjoys only folk music with zero drums. If there are drums, that is not music. That is uh, folk noise to my grandmother. <laughs> How much of this set will be about the word folk? <laughs> that much. <laughs> that much indeed. Uh, so, if uh, if I, I choose to not have this be a part of the podcast, I will be interviewed backstage, and the questions that I ask will include, "Why did you decide not to have this be part of the podcast?" And I will say, because I chose to talk about this interview instead of doing a set. <laughs> 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 well, now it is very confusing. Uh, I, I'm going to do a combination next of uh, crowd work, impression, mentalism. Crowd work, impression, mentalism, and ventriloquism. Okay. Miss, what is your name? Sounded just like her, didn't it? (laughs) She said her name was, I said her name was Tanya. I threw it into her voice with her own voice. Figured out what it was. (laughs) And also I asked her a question. That's crowd work. So I appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. Technically, that was not, I mean, crowd work has to be done on more than one person. One is not even company. (laughs) Two is that. Three people is crowd work. So, sir, what is your favorite animal? Dog. That sounded like you don't know. (laughs) Sir, favorite animal? Wolf. He just took yours and upped it. (laughs) He's like, I know dog is wrong. Anything but dog will surely be better. Let me just do a super dog. A wolf, a lone wolf, or running with a wolf pack. Those two things don't go together. What is the wolf? The wolf is an enigma. Wolf, do you hang out with friends? Sometimes, says the wolf. Are we hanging out together, says the wolf? We are friends. I don't usually let people interview me, says the wolf. Normally I just tell people that I'm in pain. The moon hurts my eyes. Ow! Most people don't know that that's what the wolf means. Sir, favorite animal. Hawk! Had a much more time to think about it. Way better choice. Eagle eye, eagle brain. Eagle brain sounds good. Bird brain, much more general, but including the eagle brain, sounds less good. (laughs) Bird brain, what kind of bird? Eagle, thank you. I, uh... If if somebody had to ask me what my favorite animal was, I would say human, uh, because we are in charge uh, of all of the animals. (laughs) They all lose, according to us. Okay, uh, in conclusion, this set will be in the podcast. You're welcome. Uh... I, my very very first joke I ever told. I went up to I would go up to kids at 12 years old. Tell each kid at one at a time. I would say what uh, I would say. If somebody called you an owl. And then the funny part would be when they were like, who who, and then uh, do you guys understand? It's a 12 year old joke. So uh, who I would laugh in their face. They would punch me in mine. Joke over, right? And one time it backfired because the kid didn't answer right. He was like I was like well, somebody called you an owl. And he's like why. <laughs> Is it because of the way I laugh? <laughs> then his head spun around and he ate a mouse. So, uh, weird, true story. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy life until death.
4: Guys, Mike Kaplan. Hilarious. Hey, we have so much good show that I'm going to keep it right on rolling. This next comic, you, uh, you might know him from the hit television show, Kids in the Hall. I'm very, very excited that he's on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear Mr. Bruce McCullough. Please let him hear it. Hi. Hi. Hi, Bruce. Uh, Bruce McCullough.
5: Check. Very, One, yes. two, three, four. Yeah, you
4: sound good. <clears> throat> think, throat> Thank you. Probably. Um, well, first of all, I'm such a... You did so much... I think probably everybody in this room right now watched your show. I know that I did very frequently and often, so thank you for making it. Well, it was I'm, a great show. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and what are you working on right now? I know you said you're prepping for a, like a one-man show.
5: Yeah, I've just I, I don't re- usually do stand-up. I just started doing it a couple times because I'm going to do a show in Toronto yeah. with uh, I've done I've done theater shows in my long, long life, like yeah. with a musician. We do sort of weird things It's sort of more beat poetry and I read some things. So I'm getting ready for that, so it's good to feel what it's like so there. the
4: show that's on march 11th yeah. in toronto that is a stand-up show or it is a more of a it's the musician and, and yeah and, it's, me, yeah, and yeah. it's kind
5: of a theater beat sort of weird like a show. review,
4: like review. yes
5: yeah, a beat poetry <laughs> review as it were
4: how does it feel starting your working it out in stand-up rooms it's weird as somebody who's not well, a it's always
5: weird you know i i used to do stand-up before i started the kids in the hall and that was sort of like when I was, when stand up was first breaking, you know, in the 80s and I was, late 80s, and I was like making $100 a night to go to Ottawa. Was Sounds amazing. like you were
4: killing yeah. it. Yeah, $100 <laughs> a night.
5: And then when, I think when, this, when the show started to air, it wasn't as fun to do stand up because people knew me or something. So I had to, it took a long time to get back to, get back to um, they go, oh, there's that guy from that show. What is he going to do now or something?
4: Oh, sure. Like almost a, Weird level of expectation yeah, that and you I, felt like you couldn't like, And I used to it. do a
5: weird thing. So it was like, you wouldn't understand who I'm... Who is that guy? That's so weird what he's saying. But if you know me, maybe it's different. I don't know. It's, you
4: used to do a weird thing on stage, you mean? Yeah, I Or like doing yeah, so. and I think,
5: stuff? No, no. No.
4: no that is weird yeah, in and of yeah, itself, yeah, but in a fantastic way. Yeah. No, you used to do a weird thing, and so you felt like people were expecting something different from you? Yeah, Not
5: that I'd be more of a showman or nicer or something. <laughs> or, or something.
4: <laughs> but you're like a terrible...
5: Terrible name. It like sounds like no. it was
4: a terrible. No, it doesn't. I was say yeah. you're a terrible cunt. Yeah, yeah. but that's we, not. I, yeah, which you're not yeah. yeah, we say that only around my
5: house. We say carrot.
4: Okay, yeah, oh, yeah that's it starts nice. with C
5: <laughs> and it ends with T, and it's not carrot. That's yeah. what
4: my wife. and I That's say. great. Yeah. Guys, Bruce McCullough. Let's hear it for Bruce. I love that he said, "I am done." I'm gonna. That's a commanding move, and I'm very. I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to add that to... I'm done with that. I'm done with you. I am done. That's was beautiful. Guys, we have... I'm, I'm so excited about this next comic. She is somebody I've known for a long time. We started in Chicago together. Pretty much the only two gals doing comedy in Chicago... Doing stand-up in Chicago when we started. And now she's here in L.A. She's been here for a couple years, and she's already been in Conan. She's got a great album out on Rooftop uh, Comedy Records called... Sweet Beth. And I'm so happy she's here tonight. I know you're going to, since she's a personal friend of mine, I know you're going to welcome her heartily. Am I right? Yeah. So guys, please, round of applause for Miss Beth Stelling. Give it up for Beth.
6: Thank you. It was, it was heartily, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I, um, it's good to be here. I've been traveling around the country telling jokes and drinking beers, so I have no idea how many kids I have out there. (laughs) (laughs) I am currently in a long-distance relationship, um, so as you can imagine, I am constantly uh, looking for a new relationship. (laughs) Not really. I do fantasize a lot about
3: strangers.
6: (laughs) Got it. Um, I love my boyfriend a lot, um, so much that I decided to go out and get his name tattooed on my back. And now most of you guys are saying, "Whoopsie Daisy," and um, and I've seen Benjamin Button. I know things end, Uh, but. A friend of mine was like, Beth, this is the worst mistake of your life. You know, like, what if you sleep with somebody else? And I'm like, point taken. You know, if I am sleeping with somebody else um, from behind and uh, and they see that tattoo, I can just look back at them and be like, hey, this is the kind of commitment you can expect from me. (laughs) That'll do it. It's also not like bubble letters and hearts and balloons and stuff like that. It's just his signature, so. It's really more of like a lease, I feel like.
3: <laughs> my, uh,
6: my general look is disheveled. You know, that's my thing. And I usually spend more time covering up not showering than it would take to just shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do, however, know who I look like. Uh, I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and a bum said, hey, can I get some change? And I said, no. And then as I was walking away from that person, she goes, hey, do you know who you remind me of? And I said, Gina from Martin? And she goes, damn. (laughs) Stop trying to figure it out, I'm a white Tisha Campbell, okay? Now, you guys, let it soak it in. Soak it in. Uh, I'm sure you're wondering what I look like naked right now. And um, if you close your eyes, I'll wait. So it's, and just imagine a nude painting, you know, from the 1630s with my, with my head on it, okay? Buttermilk skin curves a lot of grapes so i ate a lot of grapes um i could eat healthier i could i usually find myself walking to cvs uh, for dinner i i love sweets you know what i mean like chocolate cookies candy people call me sweet beth so it's just one little thing (laughs) One person calls me that, so it was me. I just did it. Um, when you check out at a CVS, there's like tons of lady mags up front of the checkout. It's an abbreviation for lady magazines. And no matter what time of year it is, they'll always say something like "Get your bod bikini ready!" in that voice, and I just. I just slide those Hostess cupcakes right over the counter, and I'm like, they can settle for being tankini with some Ruffles. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> Don't do that. Also, I'm an extra care card member. Is anybody? It's very exclusive, so um, there's only about three of us here. And when we swipe our little red cards, millions of coupons print out. Okay. <laughs> And there is always one in there that says something like, $1 off, your next $1,000 purchase expires tomorrow. And you're like, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> I hate this place. I will find one on my way home tonight, a 24-hour one. And I'll get a pint of ice cream, some blank DVDs, hair ties. They have a huge vitamin selection. There's always Sour Patch Watermelon Slices on sale, too, for $3. Okay, those are my favorite. Hop over to the Bubbles Mailers. Just stick them in there, send them to myself. Treat for later. Am I dreaming? Okay. Um, I started biking, which was nice for me. Helped me lose a little bit of weight, which is good, because uh, I was getting real tired of people just getting a boner for my personality. So When I moved here, I thought, yes, I can totally bike here in L.A. until I realized that you guys hate that. One Mexican gentleman loved it, and uh, I pulled up to a curb, and he took one step closer to me on my bike, and he goes, sex. (laughs) And I was like, no. No. Really, more of a song that we created together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to write away from somebody when you collaborate like that. <laughs> My mom is um, very uncomfortable with anything sexual. You know, I think it's because she's a virgin. It's just like. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> Yet she will constantly uh, make inadvertent sexual innuendo. Like if we're going through the Dairy Queen, I'm getting a Reese cup blizzard and she's gonna order and she says, um, yes, I'll take a, a penis brittle parf, excuse me, you know? I'm like, mom, you may need a penis whether it's brittle or not, you know? So she knows how much I enjoy the word boner, silly word. And so on Halloween this year, um, she sent me a card that said happy Halloween with a little skeleton on the front of it and it had it had written in it um, happy Halloween bone appetit <laughs> and then you open it up and my mom had written in or boner appetit to you <laughs> and then you just told your daughter she's got an appetite for boners <laughs> <laughs> and while i do <laughs> i never finish them <laughs> thank you guys it been great cameron
7: instead of buying new things head to Poshmark to shop for millions of closets across america Poshmark is the easiest way to buy and sell fashion items. Download the free Poshmark app to shop from tons of brands across women's, kids, and men's. You won't believe the deals you'll find, like Louis Vuitton bags for 300 bucks. I found a lot of cool shit on Poshmark. Shipping is super fast and easy for both the seller and buyer and is handled all through the Poshmark app. When you see something that you want, simply make the seller an offer so you can get items at a price that works for you. Need to clean out your closet? Listing on Poshmark is easy. Upload pictures of your stuff to the app, set a price and then ship to the lucky buyer. No more waiting in line at your local thrift store just to leave empty handed. Today, you can get $5 off your first purchase when you enter the invite code PYHT5 when you sign up. Just download the Poshmark app, sign up, and enter the code P-Y-H-T-5 for $5 off your first purchase. That's stelling. Thank God she's got that appetite
4: for boners. Good thing one of us does. I, mean, I don't know. It's just like some stupid gay joke. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just feel like I need to constantly remind you. You know what I mean? I don't feel judged by you. I don't, and I'm not, and I don't, but I feel like I want you to know. You know what I mean? I don't want you to relax for a second. I think that I might be one of you. This is a mostly gay audience, right? That's not ever true. Except for at like one bar in uh, West Hollywood where they might have a stand-up comedy show, and then those people are too drunk to listen to you. I'm not saying that gays have a problem with alcohol. I'm saying that gay comedy shows are usually in bars where a lot of alcohol is served. And don't you forget what I said, the distinction there. <laughs> OK, great. We're doing great. Just a lot of teaching moments. It's been a great show. And it's going to continue to be a great show. This next comic, he is also in from New York. I'm really excited. I've literally never seen him do stand-up comedy. So I'm excited to see it right now. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Greg Barris. Guys, give it up for him. Come on. <laughs>
8: Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be around. If you guys play your cards right, this right here, this could be anybody. It could be anybody here. Just keep it going. Keep it up. Keep it up. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be alive, right? Um, it's nice. Thank you. And uh, it's good to feel good. It's good to feel good. It's good to be proud. Nothing wrong with being proud. I'm proud. And, uh, okay. And, uh, I'm here from New York City. A lot of people in L.A. like to boo that, you know? A lot of people like to boo, like, boo, you're from New York. What do You you know, and it's like, you know, I am here from New York. I work very hard for (laughs) the money for the plane ticket to come here, and I sleep on the couches every night, and it's cold at night, and not a lot of sheets to perform for you. Boo! (laughs) Feels good. Feels good. Um, I like coming out here to L.A. because of the sunshine. You know, sunshine's important. Right? Okay. And I like to tan my body in the sun. Uh, you guys, I guess, know that already about me. And I like to get my skin out there because I like it when the sun kissi- kisses my skin. And uh, so I like to tan. I like to tan. I get a little shy about the core. My core Core's big out here, right? Get a little shy about it. And so usually when I do tan, I wear this t- whole outfit and... Uh, so, but my arms and hands are getting super dark. You know, they're so dark. And uh, but my body is really pasty white. You know, so I was just going to share. Everyone else was sharing, so I was going to share something um, personal about me, like something that I've been doing with my tan in the uh, shower. Is uh, what I like to do is I like to pretend that my well, like my body, my baddie is. Uh, because it's so pasty, is like a wealthy sort of um, socialite, like 1600s socialite, uh, <laughs> like 42 year old kind of um, kind of chubby, uh, kind of chubby woman. And then what I like to do is pretend that my dark arms and hands are like sort of a young. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of like a young tanned farm boy, like, "Oh)
3: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Your hands are so <laughs> Your hands are so soft. <laughs> And my roommates will get upset with me, you know, because I take my time in there, because it's really my time, right? And uh, they're like, you've been cleaning yourself all day. What are you doing in there? You cannot stop our love. It may be forbidden, but it's too powerful. I like to do this during that joke because it makes it seem like maybe there's somebody else up here with me. <laughs> but it's just me up here. Just me all by myself. I recently learned there's a fine line between depositing money at the bank and being drunk at the bank. <laughs> there's a similar line between consoling a loved one at a funeral and having your dick out at a funeral. I am, I am kind of an anxious guy. I know that on the outside I seem like a, like a calm, cool, collected, intelligent, athletic, semi-athletic kind of... Uh, <laughs> street wizard but um i get anxious i'm a, sometimes on the inside i'm an ocean of emotion <laughs> and then uh you know like uh mostly when it comes to like trying to like hit on a girl or something you know like i i get uh, i get really mumbly and like a little awkward and um but uh, so, but I have a couple moves that I've been working on. Like, if I get myself real pumped up, this is like a move I'll do. Like, I'm, I'm sober. I haven't, uh, I don't drink booze. Well, I did have a little bit of booze at a wedding. I guess I'm not sober anymore. Kinda sober. <laughs> and uh, so i wa- at. I did a show, and there was this girl at this bar, and I was. Uh, if I get myself kind of pumped up, like I'll, I'll like. You could hit on the girl,
0: Greg. You can do hit it it on the girl. girl. Hit on the girl. Say <laughs> something funny. Say something funny.
8: And then, uh, so you guys will be the girl and then I'll be me and I'll do the move it's kind of walk by it's subtle it's a subtle walk by move you know if I get myself pumped up it'll be something like this like hey, I? <laughs> so I threw that out there I didn't get anything back you know back. my new move because I'm sober is I'll wait till like 3.30 in the morning in New York when everyone's just hammered and uh, I'll go to a bar and I'll try to find like a couple where the guy kind of looks like me <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a good night.
4: Oh, he was great! Greg Barris, guys! Now, I know I said Greg is from New York. He's here in uh, Los Angeles, and if you are here on the 3rd, on March 3rd, he's got a show at CineFamily, which is Heart of Darkness. That's his New York show. It's in Los Angeles, just on the 3rd. So if you guys are here, or podcast audience, if you're here... Go to that show. That's a hilarious dude. Okay, great. Oh wow, I just forgot who's next. But I shouldn't. This is ridiculous. It's literally ridiculous that I forgot who's next. Um, it's weird because we never. Uh, I do perform a lot with this next comic. It is a little bit strange because I feel like I never know whether or not to cover this. But I'm going to go ahead and cover it just because you know. I wonder. You're probably going to be like, well, I think there's a... Like I'm just going to go ahead and say it out Uh This next performer, uh, I, I know her very well. We are girlfriends. <laughs> We're uh, homosexual girlfriends, yes? She's also an amazing comic. She moved here from Chicago uh, very recently, and uh, we're gonna give her a warm welcome to put your hands together. Ladies and gentlemen, let's here for Miss Rhea Butcher. Give it up for Rhea.
7: <laughs> Thanks, you guys. You guys, give it up for Cameron one more time. Yeah, uh, yeah. sounds good. It's a great show, right? fantastic show. Well, it's about to get a little bit better. Yeah. My name is Rhea Butcher. It's not a fake name. It's funny because it's true. I am Butcher than you. I'm a lifetime vegetarian. I've been living with the last name Butcher, living with that irony my entire life. But not a lot of iron in my diet. I, uh, I don't know if you guys can tell by this uh, this rocka doodle haircut. And uh, this off-duty lesbian tractor mechanic outfit I've got going on. But uh, I get into some gender confusion situations from time to time. Uh, one of the places that that happens the most often is the women's restroom. It's always sort of been my nom. I get a little shaky every time I have to go in there. Used to bump me out, but I went into the bathroom at Target. I was shopping at Target, went went into the women's restroom, started getting a hairy eyeball from a lady. She started staring me down. And I looked at her, and she was trying to get her cart into the stall with her. And I was like, no, this one's on you. I'm not the one trying to get the wrong thing in here. You are. Took me a really long time to come out uh, to my parents, mostly my dad because uh, i don't have a great relationship with my dad my parents have been divorced my whole life it's born in august of 1982 and they're divorced in september of 1982. I'd like to think i had a little hand in that a little tiny baby hand you're welcome mom I'm also an only child are there any only children here yes we are not alone feels good It's pretty awesome to be an only child because I didn't have to share my He-Mans or my (laughs) She-Ra's. But there is a genre of toys that's a little rough as an only child, and that's uh, board games. (laughs) I'd like to share with you guys my top three worst board games for being an only child. Number three, Hungry Hungry Hippos. (laughs) I win. Number two, Twister. Again, the number one worst board game for being an only child is Don't Wake Daddy, because he doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. My runner-up game is a Clue, because it was me right here. I'm also from Ohio, uh, which I like to call the thinking man's Indiana come from a long line of hillbillies. Uh, You know that phrase, shooting fish in a barrel? I've done that. (laughs) Certainly have. But I moved to Chicago after Ohio and uh, lived there for a while. I actually moved here from Chicago, so I know Beth. Obviously Cameron. And I used to ride my bike every... Does anybody ride their bike here? Because it's not a super... Yes, awesome, that's fantastic. I, have, I am very scared of it yeah. in Los Angeles. But I used to ride my bike uh, all over Chicago every day to work. And uh, on a long enough timeline, you're just going to get in an accident. And I did. <laughs> Flipped right over my handlebars. Ripped in my face, clean off, popped it back on. <laughs> back on. But I also broke two ribs. And if you've ever broken two ribs, or any ribs, there's nothing you can do for it. You just have to wait it out. And I did that. I'm here to tell you that I made it to the end of Netflix. There's not a lot there. Some TED Talks about grass. Tons of meth documentaries. I've been Rhea Butcher, you guys. Thank you so much. In 2018, Earwolf published 1,785 episodes. That's over 1,591 hours. That's 66 days worth of podcast listening. Since you probably don't have that kind of time, all of the hosts and producers here at Earwolf chose their favorite episode of their show this year and made a playlist for you. Go see if your favorite episode made the cut and check out some new shows. What better place to start than the very best ep of the year? Just go to earwolf.com slash picks, that's P I C K S, to see all the selections. Again, that's earwolf.com slash picks. All of these episodes are out from behind the paywall and Stitcher Premium members, there's a special version of the playlist just for you. Just search Stitcher for Earwolf Pack Picks 2018. Thank you for a great year of great podcasts and we want to hear your favorites. Tell us your favorite episode of 2018 with the hashtag EarwolfPicks. Is Rhea Butcher. Let's
4: hear it for her. <laughs> so Rhea has a new uh, show coming up on Monday nights, the first and third Monday of every month at the Hayworth Theater. It's called That's Rad. And you should check that out. We also had her do a little short set tonight because I think I'm going I'm to have her back, you know, sporadically. She's been producing the show for us this whole time. You guys don't know that, but she's been running our light and making it all happen. <laughs> She's like running around here and like hands me things and makes the show happen. So it's amazing that she actually uh, did some jokes and uh, also killed. She murdered your faces. Very funny lady. Yes! All right, guys. We have two final comics tonight, and I swear to you, they, couldn't, I could, they could not be better. I couldn't be happier about the, the final two comics on this show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, very funny man, Mr. Rory Scovel. Give it up for Rory. <laughs>
0: Thank you! Thanks, guys! Thank you so much. Let's get into it. Not a lot of time. Let's talk about Christ. Oh, always sing that, because that's how I I just have fun, you know. Let's talk about Christ. Do that. Do that. That's what I hate about Facebook. You can't convey that in a status update. Everyone thinks you're being funny. You're being ironic. I want to talk about Christ! Parentheses, hey, sing this when you read this. Nobody will do it! Nobody will do it, I have a feedback page. <laughs> oh, Jesus, what the fuck is that? <laughs> That's fucking embarrassing, That's- You were just gonna let that happen the whole time? Just the whole show? What is that? I was in the bathroom. Shitting. Sorry. Good Lord. People need to wise up in this room. This is bullshit what's going on in here. You think I don't know? You think I haven't been in the back listening to all the goddamn 9-11 jokes? It's bullshit what's going on up here. It's fucking bullshit. Yes, I'm a cool preacher who curses. you don't feel bad about it later? Yes, I do. I feel like shit. People always say it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'll tell you what, I kind of wish it was Steve, because I bet he wouldn't have been so dumb to talk to a snake. Am I right, dudes? Where are my dudes at? Where are my dudes at? Women are dumb! It's right there in the Bible! Good Lord, Eve, do a little bit of research. Hell! Do the other animals talk? They don't. Well, then something's up, girl. <laughs> something's up. Steve wouldn't have fell for that. Steve would be like, what's that talking snake? You get! It!
3: You get! It!
0: You get out of there! You get! It! Yeah! Steve had a whip, Bible tells us that. Genesis 11 through seven through 10. I can't the Bible just have page numbers? It's cocky. You wanna turn to this page, you gotta know the chapter and the line and the letter and the... Shia! You get! That's how solid the get thing is. I lost everyone for a second. Get! Half the crowd. We're back in! You put that get thing in there, I'm in. Adam, the snakes can talk. This is how uh, Steve would talk. Adam! Adam! You wanna toss around a couple things? You wanna toss around an object? Even in history, men loved football. They didn't know what it was, but they knew. Knew in their heart they wanted to toss something to someone. It's, we're men, <laughs> you know. We're crazy. We're crazy. We're fun. We got big hearts. <laughs> Can I say? Th- Am I allowed to say that, ladies? Men, we got big hearts. Am I right? This is shitty, hacky guy trying to win you back with that kind of playful banter bullshit. Am I right, dudes? Can we talk about how big our hearts are? You have to walk like this if that's your voice. People listening on the podcast are like, I can't see it. But you know what? Feel it. If you're listening on the podcast right now, I want you to feel what you think this guy probably walks like. <laughs> Can I talk about the dudes for a second? Now We got big hearts and hell, you know we do. I bet you everyone pictures that appropriately. I see it. I see it. And I feel it. in Salt Lake City not too long ago. Yes, someone asked me before the show, please talk about where you've been. <laughs> you got it. You got fucking, you don't, I don't know the biz. I know how you make it in this industry. Talk about where you've been. Talk about what you've seen.
3: <laughs>
0: I was recently in Salt Lake City, one of the whitest cities in the world. I'm willing to go world. I used to say country and then I was like, you know what? I bet the world. <laughs> I'm willing to bet the world. There are 12 black people in Salt Lake City. They all play for the Utah Jazz. (laughs) The Utah Jazz. Getting the light at the racial part of my (laughs) sex. Tends to happen. (laughs) Get out! Super white, I feel like if Hitler could have seen footage of Salt Lake City today, he would have been like, guys, this is bad. This is wrong. Only white. It's creepy. It's creepy. Stop it. Salt Lake City.
3: Jesus.
0: (laughs) How are we going to get more white people to live here? We'll go across the country on bicycles and we'll we'll wear ties and we'll go door to door and we'll ask people if they want to talk about Christ. People go. Hi, do you like creepy temples? Come on down to Salt Lake City. Guys, guys, guys. I realize everyone's like, look, either we don't like this joke or we think you've gone too far. I have no choice but to continue to talk about this. I have no choice. I'm not joking. A lot of people think, oh, you just write stuff and you go on stage. Some of these producers kidnap our fucking families. Let's talk about Christ. I got the light. I need to get out of here. I don't have an ending to the Salt Lake City thing. No, no, no. I do. I do. But I realized everybody hates hates it. I don't know if I'm going to see my goddamn family again. I kind of want to end on something if someone's listening to the podcast. When does the podcast go out? A
3: few days from now.
0: How delicate was that? A few days from now. Sounded so safe. Everyone's like, good. Too much longer, and who knows where we'd be. It'd be a few days from now. So if you're listening to this, I want you to know you're already inside a few days. You made it. We're in the past. We don't know if we're going to be there. You're in the future. You made it. If you're hearing this, we're all dead. We all got killed after this show. So good for you. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. As soon as I slid into the end of that joke, I was like, oh, shit, I don't. Yeah, you there's gotta. Just I was like, a... is there more to that? In my head. I prayed in my head for once. I was like,
3: I hope there's more.
0: Like, quickly um, reminded myself. That
4: was the end of that you joke. know, I think that uh, I like the professional handling. I'm just like, no, at this point, because everybody's doing, well, oh, by the way, right now we're currently oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um because everybody's doing like, I mean, like Rhea and Mike did five, you right, know, so right, it's right. like. Or seven is the, or, you know. Anyway, is, yeah. it's a really tight ship. It's yeah, a tight yeah, yeah, ass yeah. ship. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about what's going on with your show. Yes. Talk to me about. So, just tell me what, where you at right now.
0: Um, we we sold the show in September to uh, ABC, and now it's in that process of them deciding if they want to shoot it, shoot the pilot. Right. So we just kind of wait, and now it's like a midsummer, or not a midsummer, but you know, actually, yeah, probably midsummer. So you sold the longer.
4: show. Um, the, was it, are you the sole writer or is there? A...
0: No, no, no. It's uh, another guy, Scott Marder, Um who's, uh, we kind of worked on it together. It was, a, it's kind of about his parents and sort of, I would be a weird version of him who kind of moves back home. Yeah. So we kind of put the idea together off of his like initial idea. And then he, once they bought it, he went away. I might move this right over here real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: Just only because, I feel like, oh, no, I'm never sorry. mind. That's actually worse. Hang on, this way. Um
0: yeah, it was. Uh, he then went off and, and wrote it and put it together, and now we're—they've got it and it's been punched up and it's been like notes have been taken, and now we're just waiting to see um, if they're gonna do it or not. Have
4: you ever gotten this far in the no. process before?
0: No, it's so surreal. It's really cool because I never—I don't have any. I, don't, I didn't have any expectation of actually getting this far, especially with like writing something. Because yeah. I just auditioned for stuff, and right. I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I'll get something like through acting. But to actually kind of put an idea together and go in and pitch it and have it and buy it is very super new to me. Like, a, a first time and doing something like that. It's really cool. It's a cool right. Thing and to also, learn I mean, from, obviously,
4: sure. we're, it's going to go really well, and you're going to shoot it, and it's going to be a wildly successful show. but fantastic. <laughs> even if it isn't, to have gone this far through the, it, it just feels like could only be good news you've already made it to this point where now you know how to do this for sure yeah yeah as far as as getting the
0: the, like education of how it works and what steps to like try to get there and the discipline it takes to get there especially something i learned through working with scott like that was great to collaborate with someone who is a writer that i could be like oh that's like what it takes and that's how you put something together um for sure going forward i will definitely where did you start doing stand-up in D C
4: in D C and when yeah. did you move out here?
0: I moved here about two years ago. So I feel like G's. that
4: is and maybe maybe I'm wrong, I don't know what D C is like for as a stand up scene, but I feel like mm. definitely coming up in Chicago, all of that's like you don't even realize you could be a writer. You don't even realize that's a job, like it's in DC, live for sure. performance, you know, that's that's what it is. And yeah. so you come out here and then learn how to like okay, so writing is a thing and then you have to put together a show and how that...
0: Totally. A, Absolutely and it's so Because uh, starting in D C and then moving to New York I never was in that mindset. It was never something yes. I thought about. All right. I thought about was, like, what you just said. Yeah. It's all, like, stage and the show and these jokes that you're writing. You kind of don't look outside of that one lane you're in. You
4: don't even realize that there is a mechanism that that you could use if, right. if that happened to be something you want to do. Right, and that there, there are options. Like, and oh, shit, out. this is actually just all around. And not that, like, it's easy, but just that it's even available. Absolutely. Was surprising to me moving here.
0: Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's weird because you think that availability you're like I've kind of seen it all I get that I get, even through friends like doing well like, like right, I already kind of see what can happen and yeah. still like it's very surprising just how it moves and what it is as a as a business it's so what is real. it
4: do you know what the show is called or what uh, it would be
0: called Big Children Big Children yeah, awesome
4: yeah. so this when people when Big Children is on the air and wildly successful we could go back to this interview and just oh, yes. it'll be like this kind of
0: it's like, oh man, remember okay.
4: when he didn't know? Like, what I love you know, is the kind of set awful. I
0: just did and then the seriousness I took on with explaining this. Idea. It's such a show. No, but it's great. Choice.
4: People love to see it. People love to hear that. Actually, that's something people have loved about the show. Anyway, thank oh, you, nice, Rory. Nice. You're awesome. Thank you. And, uh, You're
0: awesome. I it.
4: Rory Scoble, guys, please keep it going for Rory Scoble. Our final performer tonight is not so much a comic as a boss. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please, you can really lose your mind. This is it. This is the end of the show, so you can really go nuts. Uh, Please welcome the stage to the Cake Boss.
1: Thank you for the claps, everybody. I feel like you're laughing at me, not treating me with d- dignity and respect. I'm the boss of cakes. Now I'd imagine that most people have a season pass, do not delete, to my show on the 30 channel called The Cake Boss, The eponymous title, look it up. On the show, It's a reality type show where what happens is 100% real. They go into my cake kitchen, you know it as a bakery, industry terms. They follow the crazy exploits of me and my cake crew as we make these cakes, elaborate cakes. This is not cakes you find at the supermarket because you're a divorced dad and you just remembered it's your son's birthday. Uh-uh, Don Draper. These are elaborate cakes. They look like a building or like a working fire hydrant or like a, a, a crazy monster that you had from a dream. That happens more than you think. People ask for crazy monsters from the dreams. Well, guess what? Turns out not everybody is a wonderful sketch artist and those doodles are terrible. <laughs> then they get mad at me. Cake pops. You put his horns where his eyeballs should be. How am I supposed to know it's your dream? <laughs> Stop talking during my origin story.
3: <laughs>
1: so, what happens is these people want these elaborate cakes and I'm happy to make them because that's my calling in life. Everybody has a vocation. <laughs> but the problem is these people they don't give me enough time to make these elaborate cakes <laughs> people are like cake hey, balls uh, I need a cake for my daughter's year, and I say well, when do you need it by and they say well she turns 15 uh, in, a, in a year and two months and I'm like oh crotch i a bell if only you given me a year two months and two days <laughs> Well, I'm gonna, so that's what you see on the show. But I'm gonna share with you some things that you don't see on the show. <laughs> Four inch, ditch.
3: <to>
1: <laughs> this happened to me. It's a terrible thing, but I've learned to live with it. I was making a cake under the gun for time, like always. <laughs> and maybe I was moving a little too hurriedly. Haste makes waste, ladies and gentlemen. Well, long story short, it's actually not that long of a story, it's contained within the story that I'm telling, I knocked off a bag of flour. I realized I didn't have to say long story short, it's just a detail of the story I'm currently telling. So, it's not even a sidebar. So, I knocked over this bag of flour, and guess what happens? As I'm trying to clean up the flour, I get bit by a cake bug! <laughs> I forgot. You're not cake bakers. You don't know what a cake bug is. It's a special kind of bug that's only found in cake kitchens. <laughs> and what usually happens is uh, cake bakers and cake bugs, they're friends. They have an uneasy alliance. <laughs> of course, you don't want to have a disgusting bug in your kitchen because you get an F. <laughs> But then also, the cake bugs, they're good for the bakery because uh, they ward off predators. (laughs) That's right! Like jaguars! (laughs) They're very fast and they love cake! (laughs) So, since I startled this cake bug, he bit me on the hand, and he poured into me his disgusting cake bug venom, which if it enters a human's bloodstream, it endows that human being with the gift forward slash curse of the second sight. That's right. So now I can see the future. I don't even want to. But it's a thing I've been saddled with. But look, I try to make lemons into lemonade. Food terms. A little outside of my realm, but uh, you know. You pick up some things here or there at the food trade, my friend. (laughs) See, here's what I do. I come down to where nice people are, or here, and I I will... uh, I'll let people ask me questions about the future, and then I go into my magical trench, and then I foretell your future, just like a gypsy. I understand you're not allowed to say that word anymore. I'm so sorry. Blame it on old movies that I watched as a kid when I had the scarlet fever. Why did they burn my Velveteen rabbit? That's right, it was based on a true story. So, okay, if anybody here at has a question for cake bars about the future? It could be about anything, your personal future, or somebody else's future, or the future of the planet Earth. You could go far into the future as you want, or as, uh, as uh, not as far as next week. I couldn't think of the opposite of far. <laughs> In future terms, I know that close is the opposite of far, I know that. But you wouldn't say close in the future. Oh, maybe you would, now that I think about it. Maybe I needed to say it out loud. So, all right, does anybody have a question for the cake boss about the future? Ooh, this guy's right on top of things. Like, I barely got it out. Well, okay, you had your hand in the home row position for question asking, <laughs> uh, typing. So, uh, what would you like to know about the future from the cake boss? Uh, I don't finished asking the question! <laughs> which I will then tell you. Okay, go ahead. Cake boss. I don't know why that merits applause. Please continue. I, we can't both talk at the same time, son. <laughs> Who, will Who will be the next pope? Ooh, timely. <laughs> All right. Who will be the next pope? Let me go into my trench. <laughs> Oh, I'm in my trench. I'm pushing back the veil of years. Well, not years, because they gotta wrap this up pretty soon, this pope selection process, so. Oh, no, I spoke uh, the right thing. It takes years from now. That's right, there's a bit of a problem already. This story is getting pretty hot. Planet Earth is popeless for a number of years. Things descend into, not chaos, but some people are affected by it and they're a little put out. People are using condoms like nobody's business. First they ask, anybody gonna stop me from doing this? They get no reply from the Vatican. So they're like, all right. People are taking the Lord's name in vain. It is crazy. Someone bore false witness against the neighbor. Somebody chewed up a host, they didn't they just let it dissolve on the tongue. Eventually, uh, the conclave of condos. <laughs> They're going at it for so long, they break down and start families so they can breed the next generation of condos. Because everybody stops being a condo because without the Pope around, everybody could say, those outfits are ridiculous. <laughs> so many layers, why would you do that to yourself? So now it's a whole, it's generations of Cardinal babies. Uh, They're having, Cardinal babies having Cardinal babies. It's a shame for the the neighborhood of the Vatican. So eventually, everybody, all the Cardinals, (laughs) I don't know how this is possible, they inbreed so much (laughs) that they end up breeding a, a strain of Cardinals that is very poor at making decisions for a modern world. And so they finally picked that pope. It turns out to be the devil! The most unpopular pope in pope history. More people are on board than you think, but still. The devil, they, everybody's afraid. Like, oh no, what's the devil gonna do? He's gonna make us have sex with animals. The slippery slope. But guess what? The devil doubles down on all the pope nonsense. And now people have to dress up for church again. And everybody stops being a Catholic. The end. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, sure. Why not? For that eerie foretelling, it deserves an applause. Does anybody else have a question for the cake boss about the future? <laughs> Why, we're yelling out like we're at some uh, medieval uh, fair or something. What, are you holding a turkey leg? This is the guy who was cheering so hard for the, <laughs> the return of the female bush earlier. <laughs> like way more vocal about it than anyone in the audience yes Larry Flint what is your question
8: how long will it be until we have an entirely cake based world economy
1: (laughs) how long will it be until we have an entirely cake based world economy so this is the thing that you are certain is going to happen you would just like to the win fair enough I'm still in my trench, I understand that was pretty conversational. All right. Looking far, far into the future. Oh, it's a month from now. This is sooner than I thought. Good news for the cake balls. Here's what happens. People get so upset about the Oscars arguing back and forth about this dumb show nobody should care about or take seriously. People are spending more and more money on the bandwidth to argue online. Eventually, money stops having a meaning. People don't know what it is anymore because everybody's broke. Finally, somebody says, maybe the president says, hey, everybody likes cake, right? Even more than gold. Everyone agrees this is true. The first timid steps are taken towards exchanging cake for goods and services. It gets a little weird when you're trying to buy a cake. (laughs) Then everybody just stands there looking at each other until one person decides to either accept a different cake or take a different cake. Oh, and it turns out uh, it makes the world a better place. So we got that to look forward to, okay. Does anybody else have a final question? Yes, I see I'm getting the light. Or is that a spirit from the <laughs> nether realms? It was a phone. Yes, this gentleman very politely asking his question with his hand raised and his sweater buttoned. Yes. Uh, what is going to happen to me after I leave the show? What is going to happen to you after you leave the show? I repeated it in a trench voice for the home listener. This gentleman, whose name is probably Stephen, he walks out of it. Am I right? Was I close with him? Well, I'm not a mind reader. I just see the future. <laughs> I did not make any false claims. You are not entitled to a refund. <laughs> this guy is so distinctive in his glasses and beard. <laughs> Amongst this crowd. <laughs> I forgot, also wearing a cardigan over a t-shirt, so now you know who I'm talking about. So, this iconoclash, he walked out into the world. Initially, people are like, who's that guy? Where did he come from, the future? He, he goes, He goes to get a little drink at Franklin and Company, the bar next door. He thinks it's going to be like a TGI Fridays with that name. There's going to be fun uh, road signs and uh, sleds on the wall and stuff like that. He's distressed to find it's a sort of mid scale (laughs) gastropub. He sees that there's a vegetarian shepherd's pie on the menu. He's very confused. He starts banging on the table. Bray, where is Guy Fieri? I need him. <laughs> this is, no one knew, he listens to him, so he says it again, where's Guy Fieri? I need him. Oh, of Bell, he says it a third time. This is the magic symbol for Guy Fieri to appear. <laughs> a puff of smoke, eldritch flames, there is Guy Fieri. Who summons Fieri to the mortal plane? This guy says, it's me. And uh, Guy Fieri says, what's going on, Weezer? And then uh, (laughs) this young gentleman says, "Uh, Guy Fieri, uh, now that I've trapped you, you must grant me three wishes. (laughs) What? I can't believe what I'm seeing in the future. Guy Fieri says, all right, Uh, I, I abide by your terms. First wish <laughs> The guy Oh boy I feel like the future has painted me into a corner with this <laughs> the guy says first wish I wish death on Mumford and sons the Guy here, he says done <laughs> they they die in a vest accident Wish number two, I wish for a hundred more wishes. Guy Fieri says, usually people save that for the end, and it's not allowed anyway. Ugh. All right, mutual respect. The guy says, wish number two, I wish that people would stop trying to get me to go see Django Unchained. I know I'm not going to like it. I don't care what people say. Guy Fieri says, your wish is granted. You have your own mind. Congratulations. Wish number three, Guy Fieri says. The guy says, I know, I know, Guy Fieri. They're having a bit of a spat now.
3: The
1: guy says, Guy Fieri. <laughs> this, obviously, Guy Fieri, this wish has to be really good and satisfying. <laughs> or else it will be awkward for the both of us. <laughs> guy Fieri says, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, The guy says, uh, Guy Fieri. Could you make the world over in my image? An image where... the cake is currency and the devil himself runs the church? (laughs) Guy Fieri says, just sit tight. It's gonna happen anyway. (laughs) All right, now I'm coming back out of my (laughs) trash. All right. Thank you welcome everybody for the gift of the future. I'll see you on the Learning Channel.
4: Guys, one more time for the Cake Boss, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. You can hear more from Paul on the pod, F. Tomcast, or you can even see him do the Cake Boss on uh, Comedy Bang Bang on IFC. Which is a television show, it used to be this show. Which means that perhaps someday I'll have a television show where Paul F. Tompkins still just does the cake boss. Like, best case scenario. Guys, what a, what a great show this has been. I want to hear for all the performers. What an awesome show, what a great lineup. I couldn't be happier. Thank you so much for coming out to the UCB. I'm Cameron Esposito. You can follow us on at at on Twitter at PYHT Show. Please do that or follow me at Cameron Esposito and I will tweet out the lineups so you can check in with all of our comics. Have a great night. See you next week. Put Put
3: your
0: hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
3: Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. your hands together get ready to laugh with your hands together put your hands together get ready to color your hands together put your hands together